This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. Now we are talking 29 minutes to the hour of one o'clock, Central Africa time. Let's get into uh, our news wrap feature. Of course, we do this every Monday and he's always here in studio consistent i want your consistency next year that's one thing if there's something on my bucket list is yeah. to have your consistency wow uh, yeah. i'm humbled i'm humbled yeah. uh, at least you know Linda, at least i can say i've, I've, I've inspired yes, someone's yes. bucket list or yeah. something along those lines what okay. I like, yeah, especially no, with things like you know we're, we're all gonna go on this new year's resolution yeah. thing soon yeah you know if you had that consistency things would <laughs> be much different yeah how are you i'm doing all right it's how great, are you great great to see you again it's likewise always a pleasure thank a you so so much for having me we'll get into it and your job is really never kind in a sense that some of the things that we have to speak about yeah yeah it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and the first story when i saw it i sort of thought that um you know, the country marking 16 days of activism and perhaps the official campaign now over. Yeah. And and, and my thoughts are, what have we achieved? Because where you have a mix, a missing six-year-old girl found dead under a bed, mm-hmm. you start to think that, yeah, this is a disaster, an absolute disaster. And that's putting it, and I think putting it as a disaster is probably one of the easier or yeah. the kinder ways yeah. Of really putting it, uh, but you, 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 you really find yourself in a space and in a time that you actively are left at a shock, mm. and then that shock dissipates and changes into numbness, and then it changes to frustration. Frustration changes to a numbness again mm. because. As you say, you ask yourself, what now? Where to from Mm -hmm. here? What is left? What can still be done? And then this is where you come to realize that in actuality, as you say, off of 16 days off of of activism and such, what is it that we've achieved? Mm -hmm. What is it that we've tried to do? What is it that we can point at? year after year after this period that yes you've raised awareness but what is it that we can Mm. actively do to say that we've done a difference or that there's something effective that changes that Mm. from one uh, 25 november to 10 december to another that something has changed but Mm. nevertheless uh, within those days we find the story where a six-year-old girl was reported missing on wednesday and been found dead uh, her body hidden beneath a bed. This incident took place at NU13 Inibiba in Yemdanzani, in the mm. Eastern Cape. Now, from what we have heard and certainly what was reported uh, from the provincial police at about 8.30 p.m. on Thursday, police were summoned to a house in the same area as the community went to search for the child after mm. receiving information on arrival police were met with the ho- with hostility from the community and after backup arrived they entered the premises we are told and it is reported that a mm. severely injured male was found naked outside the house he later succumbed to his injuries on searching the house the body of the six-year-old was found under the bed wrapped in plastic mm. Uh, It is suspected, as per the provincial police spokesperson, that the victim was raped and a post-mortem will certainly be conducted. Mm. So now at this point, it seems that there are two cases of murder that are being investigated, certainly at this Mm. point in time. what what's interesting is as 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 they were quoted and being interviewed uh, with this with regards to the story mm. uh, the provincial commissioner expressed sadness of this tragic incident especially at a time when the country mm. is observing 16 days of activism yeah. which i think that a little, that made me lose it just I, a little me, you know? me, certainly i agree i yeah. agree uh, i agree because it's 
you understand and i think for me it's this notion whereby you understand what our public representatives are trying to get across mm. but it, when you put it you know when you condition yourself that mm. this is such a sad thing especially because we're observing this you're kind of conditioning and i think that's the sad reality that we've somewhat conditioned ourselves to be able to say okay um it's fine if it happens because when i read that for me it was a matter of it's fine if if basically if it happens if it happened outside of this time it's okay and that's like no it's not it's not normal Mm. that a six-year-old probably left their home left uh they are to go and play and was violated and just you know you have a family that has been ripped apart there's 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 nothing okay with that Mm. you know and then they further go on to say vigilance and education are essential in protecting our children from sexual predators that's true uh, that goes without saying, but it's not a, a, a responsibility that you have to put on children alone. It's a mm. responsibility. It's a community-based responsibility to be able to say, let's call each other out when you know that, you know, there's there's, there's this convicted re- uh, convicted uh, child predator mm. or rapist or abuser. Ostracize those people from society so that regardless of whatever, we are able to do what is necessary mm. to protect our communities. And that's the sad, I think that's the saddest pickup from all of this that as the story develops, and this is one one story that was able to make it mm. into headlines, that was ma- mm. able to make it onto our radar. One thing that constantly comes up whenever we deal with anything pertaining to this always is that notion of, for every one that mm. comes to our attention, there's at least five yes. that we never hear yes, of. Yeah. And that's putting it very lightly. So you, you you think that as things develop, more will come out. But there's, there's, there's really nothing at this point. Uh, you know, should the suspect be found, the perpetrator be found, you, you, you would want to then find out, all right, so what was the cause? Mm. What justified this action and you probably we probably won't like the answer we we, we, we probably won't want to hear the answer mm. but whether it's a six-year-old whether it's a 16 year old whether it's a 60 year old mm. you, you just don't know for me personally there are words that can no longer be expressed there's no longer mm. anger or frustration to display because what do we have to mm. show and to what ends? Where does it all end? For me, and I think we've had this conversation briefly before, yeah. um, because as I said, every now and again, we come across such stories. And yeah. I, I think there's two things I want to ask before perhaps we go to the next story. But the first being looking at 16 Days of Activism. What has your observation been on our role as the media? Because yeah. I found myself asking this Quite a lot, you know, because in most cases where um, incidents of gender-based violence and femicide came up during this period of 16 days of activism uh, against gender-based violence, particularly that perpetuated against women and children, Mm -hmm. I, I almost thought, why does it take for sort of this official marking for then there to be such an amplified focus on um, incidents like this. So then I sort of found myself reflecting as a media practitioner, someone that plays a credible role in in being the voice of the voiceless in a sense, if I could put it in that way. What is your observation? And is there perhaps a place where we're not really getting it right? Because the sad truth is that we'll probably find ourselves making the same reflections next year until such time perhaps we can also be very critical of our role as the media mm-hmm. because in as much mm-hmm. as we're reporting perhaps we forget to be really critical about yeah. such things i think and to to a certain part yes mm. there is a level of blame that can fall at the feet of the media but before we even get to that i think what makes it so easy or in in you know you, you only as as the media you, you only report that which you're given or what comes to light Mm. but uh subconsciously uh, if you will uh i think where the media is to blame is it chooses for us and i guess as a public what we consume as well Mm. is 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 on us 
it chooses which level or which it it it, it kind of creates a face of 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 of, of, of what a per, what a victim looks mm. like and uh it's 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 something that i think we've touched on is that victimhood and awareness is only ever so created or it is it is shaped by the narrative and at times unaware but mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. the world in which we live in based on looks based on you know your social standing based on uh, every other pers- possible thing mm. so you're looking at the fact that for example and you know with 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 all respect uh, to 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 victims when you look at a classic case in point um if we take the late Uyinenem Khetana uh, mm. a terrible thing happened to her mm. uh, it can never be justified in any way whatsoever but when you look at her presentation and this is something that we 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 never really want to touch on but all the cases that often make it to us the cases that trend the cases that you know actively grab our attention mm. are of a certain uh group especially for people of color if you're light skinned and you have a general model what you would perceive to be model good looks that's what mainstream media then is able to focus on and actually channel uh mm. if if the victim is white uh, then 9 out of 10 times that's going to get more coverage than you can ever uh consider or ever mm. ever ever look at and of course then in that very same instance if the victim is white and the perpetrator happens to be black uh you then know that that's also going to get more airtime but if you were to take a dark skinned uh victim uh who might not necessarily have those instagram looks or whatever the the the, the efforts that are taken or the coverage that is taken around that is far lessened so that's 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 the number one Uh, around some of the issues of we without realizing we we create what a face looks like because if 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 the person doesn't look a certain way if they don't uh you know appear in a certain mm. way then we were were unable to fully you know grasp the sense of uh, i don't know if it's a sense of if there's this thing whereby we won't be able to grasp the sense of sympathy or the sense of a a a a certain what's the word a certain relation if mm. it's not that so that's that's one of the things and i think we as a people then consume that without realizing that that's the case but i think we also don't ask the right questions and i think you know awareness is also something that must occur mm. in every other for all 349 other days throughout the year and i think the inability to actively put causes that deal directly with this and actually talk about it like mm. the pandemic that it is and i think this is the other role where there, there's a there's a slight failure we we speak of it we report on it as though it's a it's a phenomenon that, mm. that 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 that's not common cause you know there's a certain level of because it's not happening to mm. me i'm not going to worry myself too much about it i'm i'm yet to fully discover how we bridge that divide of personalizing it uh, so that when it's reported upon that there can be active mm. difference to see but but i think those two things are certainly the the challenges mm. as far as uh violence and 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 and, and you know how it is mm. portrayed and certainly expressed or reported upon by the media you know you've touched on so much and we really could extend this in as much yeah. as we do have to get to other issues but once again my mind also then travels me back to then saying at the end of the day it's an act of an individual mm mm-hmm. um and until such time i think as individuals we realize the responsibility yeah. we carry 
um, just walking around. Yeah. It it, it really. It, it really because I mean even with this story now yeah. we can even go into the issue of perhaps the community just being so fed up yeah taking the law into their own hands mm-hmm. which is what we're seeing a lot now exactly happen, where issues of crime and and such instances are, are are concerned but let's go to this one and such an interesting one um in that also we speak a lot about uh, crime and yeah the readiness of our law enforcement officers around this time. But here we are having um, armed robbers storming a Durban primary school, holding the principal and staff at gunpoint. I mean, you know, uh, you would think that it's it's December, right? Yeah, so we, yeah. We shouldn't have to be dealing with, and I know it sounds weird, we shouldn't have to be dealing with such stories at this time of the year. And, you know, we should be dealing with, you know, those silly feel-good stories. Mm. But the nature of the world in which we live is that you don't have an on-and-off button in terms of uh, the depravity and the tragedy mm. that, that, that mm. follows us. But this is concerning because you come to realize, uh, you know, as, as the headline says, armed robbers storming a Durban primary school holding uh, the principal and staff at gunpoint, Mm. you've come to realize that to a certain extent, as they say, uh, you know, you know, there's, Mm. there's, there's certain places and I know it sounds weird. Some might find this weird, but there's certain places and there's certain based on principle and morals and such, there's there's certain places, even in times of war, ideally there were places that do not fall within the ambits or the radar mm-hmm. of, you know, being targeted in times of war. You don't target schools, you don't target hospitals, you don't. But we find ourselves in such a deprived and a state of depravity within our country that you think to yourself, uh, with this rampant crime and such, Places of worship are no longer mm. safe. Mm. Now, even schools, primary schools, are no longer safe, and um, this 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 is where you see it. As uh, armed thugs stormed a Durban primary school on Friday morning, leading to a chaotic shootout that terrified learners. Now, mm. mind you, schools are still open with uh, government schools coming to close this coming Wednesday. Mm. Mm. Now, this incident that took place at Mawelele Primary School in Glavater. Um, now, according to provincial police, three suspects reportedly entered the school premises and held the school principal and other staff members at gunpoint when the suspects were busy robbing the staff of laptops and other valuables. Shots were allegedly fired and a 21-year-old suspect sustained a gunshot wound. Mm. Uh, staff members uh, staff members were also injured and rushed to hospital. Uh, two suspects managed to flee the scene in a getaway vehicle. Mm. Um, and so from this, we are told that circumstances around the incident are still being investigated. Um, it is alleged that uh, the armed men uh, robbed the school. This is what, you know, of course, the police are reporting on mm. and robbed people of cell phones and laptops. Um, there was an exchange of shots between teacher security and the suspects. Uh, but till now, uh, there is not much, mm. of course, now having one suspect uh, shot multiple times and mm. being treated, of course, if there were three of them, the one suspect is, of course, now to be in custody and perhaps the other two will be, uh, you know, uh, found in due course. But you you come to realize that there's a depravity, as we've said, because mm. now there's no longer sacredness of wanting to do this but similarly so without ever wanting to justify really uh these things you can't help but still think that crime has uh, a, a a a cause it's mm. it's, it's, it's mm. as a result of something mm. you know which obviously then begs the question how do we then deal with that how do we then 
stop that if 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 we can affirm and agree to the fact that mm. it's a, the, the rampant nature of crime is as a result of you know economic difficulties and mm. such but then the other side of that is of course thinking if that's the case why not do something more productive why harm those that are in the community because mm. and i think this is the sad reality that that sense of community that we once so held dear as a people no longer resonates because the likelihood of uh, without you know being too presumptuous but the likelihood of these armed robbers being people who are within the community is highly mm. likely mm. these are people who know the inner workings of the system of the community and that's why it was easy for them to be able to say let's rob the school which then speaks to this notion of once again in the midst of all these ills that plague our country, mm. that plague our society, um, they can be individual acts. Uh, you know, this was three individuals making it a group act, but in that space, what is being done? How is that sense of community still actively, mm. um, you know, does it still exist? And in its existence, does it actually bear fruit mm. for us to actually build and do better? And of mean, as you as you rightfully said, in terms of the previous story, there's now a sense of you know, let's take the law into our own hands. Mm. Um, let's 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 have that mob justice type uh, situation because we do feel that our justice system, our correctional services, our policing do not actively serve us to the extent that they should. Mm. So because of that, let's take matters into our own hands and in taking matters into our own hands, this is what will be the mm. best possible outcome. So that same energy, you, you, you ask yourself, where's, where's that gone in terms of trying to actively organize and root out before it even gets there because mm. there's, there's there's no community where we don't know that okay mm. bakes the mm. best quick air biscuits you can find there live so and so so if if, if that sense of, of of community was able to be invoked again and actively have uh, people participate in the lives mm. of their neighborhoods. Perhaps this might be a different story, but it's another one where you're just like, you're boggled because it's like, what now? Yeah. What next? Yeah. 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 You know, opening different kind of worms, um, and this is what you often find with, with stories um, that dominate the news cycle in our country, is that you have the story at preface level, but then behind it, there's so many other things that you could possibly tie to. And the one thing I yeah. think about is the worry and concern, I think, for the education sector, where you have such an incident happening yes. just before schools close. And then mm -hmm. you think about schools being closed and issues of vandalism. Mm -hmm. and, and, and one can only then make the assumption that it really must be an area of concern because, yes. you know, probably most schools are left. And there's so many left by themselves in a sense. I mean, there's security in, in, in whatever sense, but they do become vulnerable yes. at, at this particular point in time. But where I want us to take it is just looking at how, you know, rampant um, crime is mm -hmm. and, and how daring criminals become. I mean, mm -hmm. you look at the issue now of, 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 of the recent um, cash and transit heist in mm -hmm. Boxburg over the weekend, and you look at these criminals carrying heavy stuff. Yeah. You know, heavy machinery. Yeah. And literally bringing traffic to a standstill to mm -hmm. get away um, with an undisclosed amount of money. And I don't mm -hmm. think any arrests have been made in, in, in relation to this particular case. But then yet again, I have this question of mm -hmm. we seem to get to a period where we heighten talk around certain subject matters. And, and, and it just really seems as if there's just not enough that's being done mm -hmm. and i think to that extent you're quite right uh of course one would beg the question what does enough look like mm. you know what 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 is it and whose uh, responsibility is it really you know uh, but if you know that the machinery by those that must serve and protect by those who are by right of the social contract between us 
as a citizenry and them as a government uh, uh, if that aspect mm. of of being able to protect and create a space of safety uh cannot happen then you re- come to realize that okay perhaps the social contract is no longer a viable thing and it is no longer what it used to be but you are correct there is those heightened periods of mm. conversation around these things and you know uh, once this thing passes another one comes and it it, it, it changes and you now need to start looking at with everything resource human capacitation uh, resource capacitation is it in the right space for example as you rightfully say schools are closing hmm. schools are now likely to be targets in 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 whichever way you know get a quick buck becomes a target yes there's security at school but just like with this mm. very same uh story if you take the cash and transit heist uh, at least that's an armored vehicle the the the, the, the people operating mm. that mm. have some level of protection mm. these armed robbers went into a school with the knowledge of the fact that likelihood is there's no one mm. who would be mm. able to defend mm. themselves against our ammunition which then begs the question are security personnel in certain instances actively and adequately mm. equipped to deal with the threats mm. that, that 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 have you know that emerge or immerse themselves i often use this as a joke uh, you know if you go to a certain complex or such and they ask you to sign mm. the magic book yes <laughs> uh, and and the question yeah. always remains that yes you'll have my details in the book but there's nothing that really stops me from yes. still being able to commit whatever mm. crime and because yes you have the book but do you have the adequate training do you have yes there's some instances where some spaces have security personnel that are trained in that way or trained you know and hold firearms and whatever but majority of at times don't necessarily have that so then you ask yourself that as we see and understand and know mm. crime to be such a rampant thing how do we then you know how do we then balance that thing if to say this is what is rising what then comes and how then do we work around that and then you come to realize that as the problem rises the needs to meet the problem as, and the solutions are not mm. necessarily uh, equivalent and so as a result you just then find a situation mm. where it's like I, we hope for the best but it's not make sure yeah no i want to uh, shift gears when yeah. we do return um and we'll we'll have to speak about uh, this tragic accident happening in Pumalong over the weekend yeah. given that it is the festive season season mm. and 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 i myself have a story or, or two to share about this particular yeah. issue because it happened quite close to home this mm. past weekend. Uh, but of course, we'll also then look at uh, issues of uh, the political um, landscape, which gets interesting by the day as oh, we yes. get very, very close to mm. those uh, muchly, uh, much anticipated uh, 2024 elections. Of course, um, we are in conversation, as always uh, is the case, um, on Mondays between uh, half past 12 uh, and half past uh, 1 um, every morning on a Monday here in Power Zone. Lisokonolo Musuwe, he's a social commentator, helping us unpack um, the news diary of the week that was. And of course, as we look forward uh, to the week that is uh, to be. All right, it's uh, just before uh, 1 o'clock Central Africa time. We take a break and we return after this. Uh, with more of our news wrap segment. A minute after one o'clock, Central Africa time. Good morning to you. Welcome to the second hour of the Monday installment of Power Zone here on Power 98.7. Now we are talking. With you until 3 a.m. this morning um, for the Monday installment, as I've said, of Power Zone. Standing in, of course, for Kali Gatleho Le Hodi. My guest this morning, as always, uh, is the case between the hours 
of half 12 and half 1 as we look at the always so busy news cycle. Lisa Honolomusue, he's a social commentator, always in studio. As I said, one of the most consistent human beings I've come across in my life. Anyway. So we, of course, uh, looking at some of uh, the big stories, particularly of the weekend, um, we've touched on some devastating stories. And I think also yeah. this one, um, you know, is, it does not fall short of that. Mm-hmm. It's a devastating um, case. Seven people dying uh, on the R37 uh, Long Tom Pass, quite uh, a famous uh, pass in, mm-hmm. in, in Pumalang. And I think a lot of people that travel that way uh, will certainly know of this one. It was a luxury, uh, we're told, 60, uh, 60-seater bus uh, that uh, um, veered off uh, that uh, particular pass uh, on Friday. Uh, I saw this one overnight on Friday. In fact, at a point, mm-hmm. it was six people. The next day, it was seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pictures looked quite, quite, quite drastic. And... Uh, it just so happens, unfortunately, that my friends also uh, get into a terrible car accident oh, wow. um, on, on, on Saturday. Um, fortunately, they survived, but the driver is really badly injured. And w- what happened, what seems to have happened here, mm. they lost the on-ramp, uh, did not, were not familiar with the area. So they didn't mm. know that there, there's a dead end. Yeah. And they went straight there and they went right over the rocks. And I thought to myself, wow. is it the festive season? But there's also issues where our roads are concerned yes. and issues of markings yes. um, that happened, uh, you know, I, 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 it happened that I had so many questions around why is this, uh, you know, place not uh, cordoned off? Mm-hmm. Why is there no visible marking? But tell us a bit about this particular story. Yeah. Um, so this is also a very, this is another heightened story mm. really and, mm. and, and and this is here's the sad thing this is not the first there's been others and as this period continues um there's likely to be more especially you know with the long weekend coming up mm. and all of that but uh yeah seven deaths 52 injuries uh off of this r37 long tom pass in bumalanga emergency services including emergy Med paramedics rushed to the scene at approximately 10 minutes to 5 in the afternoon to Mm. respond to the reports of the bus crash. Upon arrival, responders discovered the wreckage of the bus on the cliff side Mm. of the mountain pass, uh, prompting the establishment of an on-scene triage area by incident commanders. You know now that if they have to start, you know, having triage right mm. there in mm. the space, you understand the severity mm. of mm. what is happening. Um, according to the reports by the paramedics and by Emergy Med, uh, three individuals were found in a critical condition and were swiftly airlifted by the NEDK 911 aeromedical helicopter to specialized facilities for urgent medical care. The remaining 52 suffered injuries ranging from minor to critical severity. Mm. Uh, The sad reality of that is that whilst the recorded for now is seven deaths, the likelihood, and this is what we hope and Mm. pray for, that, you know, it stays at seven, but you never know how in in situations like this, Mm. there's always an underlying something or there's always an underlying this and that Mm. that takes place. And, you know, it becomes problematic in its own right and way. Uh, But we're really hoping and praying Mm. that they they, they all make full recovery. Uh, Seven, as reported, succumbed to their fatal injuries and declared dead on the scene. Uh, At this point, we are told that the cause of the collision still remains unknown and is under investigation by Mm. the SAPS. Um, Emergy Med actually emphasized the gravity of the situation, stating that when seconds count, our emergency responders are trained to act swiftly Mm. and decisively to save lives. Uh, That's profound. Those first three words, Mm. when seconds count and 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 that's the nature of the severity of 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 of, of life mm. and certainly we're grateful for you know the preservation of life of of, of your friends and the, the the accident that they got into uh, it's never it's never easy to have to deal with something so severe i remember when we were traveling back home i think earlier this year from holiday 
uh, along the N3. One absolutely chaotic accident that ended so many people's lives. It brought the N3 to a standstill. Mm. And 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 you, you can't help but worry about what will come, uh, you know, this December. And mm. the sad reality is, yes, we can put out all the necessary warnings. Arrive alive, don't drink and drive. Mm. If you're traveling for X amount, make sure that you take a break and all of that try to avoid traveling at night mm. if your car is not well equipped don't travel on the road at night and such and ironically enough on x uh this past week i think on thursday or friday mm. uh you had pictures that were trending of i guess a cleansing and prayer for the n1 mm. uh you know a lot of traditional leaders traditional healers uh, members of, of, of various denominations were on the N1 and literally just in the middle of the N1 praying for the N1 mm. performing whatever rituals understanding the severity of what can usually happen on a busy roads such as that especially during this time but undoubtedly this is a story and this is a space that I always affirm that mm. the nature of our roads is not of a good nature mm. um i mean during the daytime already it's problematic yeah. so you can imagine if you now have to travel at night mm. uh our road markings even mm. on our national roads are absolutely atrocious mm. uh, the fact that you know the emergency for you to know that there's an emergency lane the the, the, the markings that, that should be able and ideally must be able to illuminate because of our car lights and such uh, don't do that at night mm. the markings actual painting markings on the road they don't have that some of our biggest roads the fact that we don't have lights on some of our biggest roads mm. yes they're national road but i mean if the necessary illumination were able to be placed up in some of those roads it would make a difference especially mm. for traveling at yes. night time uh, but absolutely atrocious and then you think to yourself that yes i as a driver and this is one of the things that they always tell you you know even at driving school that when you're driving you're driving for yourself but you're driving for all the other people yeah. around you yeah i can only be so vigilant and only so aware because mm. i could be driving literally all it takes is me driving you driving and driving literally down the m1 and without knowing um for example actually along the m1 just after, just before you get to Houghton Drive, yeah. actually, just before Kilani, there's a bit of a uh, unevenness in the road on the M1 mm. uh, driving north. Uh, there's a bit of unevenness. So now if you're traveling and generally the speed by then is either between 80 to 100 and you're traveling, that level of unevenness on the road can literally create a very terrible knee-jerk reaction. Yes. Yes, uh, yes. And then it's just like, uh, and I know then, exactly what you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. And then the moment you do that, yeah. if, if you're not aware, it could damage your car. You could swerve. You could do so many things. And now we're talking about a municipal road uh, in the economic hub of the country. So you're anticipating that it would generally be mm. a decently well maintained road. Mm. But something that small mm. could literally cause a catastrophe. So now you can only imagine. As you're traveling in other spaces, how many other roads are mm. neglected on a daily basis? So the nature, the state of our road infrastructure is disheartening, yeah. it is atrocious, and we as a people can only do so much in terms of practicing safe driving and mm. all of that, but if our infrastructure is poor, it doesn't matter how safe your yeah. driving is. It's it's an accident waiting to yeah. happen. You know, one thing I've noticed um, from horrific scenes, and I saw yeah. this even with the accident scene involving some of my friends, the 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 partnership between the public and private sector in mm. terms of emergency response, mm. um, and I'm almost seeing the private sector really encourage, yeah. you know, the public um, emergency responders mm. to just be on the ball. Mm. Um, the time it took. The private ambulance and the, the government ambulance to arrive at that scene very short distance and usually yeah. in many cases you they arrive 
you know minutes hours apart yeah um, yeah to to particular scenes but also one thing i then realized is the gap that still exists between public and private just oh, yes. in terms of the care mm-hmm. um and in some instances the urgency yes and that is a sad reality mm. you're hoping look i mean i mean this is another story all on its own you know the national healthcare insurance yeah. bill and yeah. when that comes into play how that would affect certain things but that's a sad reality that you find that of the okay so we have seven who were declared dead on arrival uh, on the scene but of the 52 people injured that seven could have easily turned into um, when you consider the the the, 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 the disparity or mm-hmm. the, the varying nature of the injuries that could have easily that seven could have been 10 could have mm-hmm. been 12 could have been 30 uh, but when you think about it, uh, that's actually something that is so pertinent that depending on, uh, God forbid, if the four of us here in studio were traveling and depending on who has medical insurance mm. or coverage mm. and who doesn't uh, in the same vehicle, same state of affairs, because they're able to make a determination that, oh, okay, A and B have... Mm medical aid so private there you go on the scene quick fast and in a hurry government and this is a nature i mean yes there's been instances of you know uh, early detection early response but like you say majority of the time that's not the case mm. so now these two have already gone off they've been shifted off they've been dealt with they're at the nearest facility mm. these two are still waiting because mm. oh no they're waiting for a another response somewhere else or whatever Mm, mm. and that is a sad reality that you know based on that we you know based on i guess based on resource and resource Mm, availability mm. could that that that's a determining factor between life and death but it also then speaks to one that disparity as you've said but then it also speaks to capacitation as Mm. well um, do we have enough? And I think if we had to do surveys really across mm. the country, we'd probably be a little saddened and a little in shock uh, at what we would find in terms mm. of do we actually have enough ambulances at a, at a government level to actually meet the needs of our people. Mm. And... When you consider the fact, and I know this is a silly example, Mm -hmm. but when you consider the fact that we had a backlog uh, of licensing machine, Mm -hmm. uh, of license printing, driver's license printing, because there was only one machine in the entire country that could be able to do that, you can then already determine or make an understanding of the fact that we're probably not capacitated. If you take, for example, we're at about 60 million people and if uh, within the country and let's say an ambulance should be able to cater every neighborhood, ideally, um, you should have at least, let's say, two or three ambulances per neighborhood, if you will, at a government level to be able to just kind of have that ease of travel the likelihood of that is 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 highly unlikely there's Mm. probably a fleet of ambulances just chilling somewhere Mm. uh unserviced and working and that's the sad reality of what we're facing as well i guess then that answers the question on the nhi yeah i don't know i think for me that's yeah that was my resolve yeah over the weekend all right let's move along um of course um yesterday we saw the launch of yet another political party. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, of course, that's, that's the change, uh, South Africa political movement, uh, headed by, uh, businessman and, um, anti-apartheid activist Roger Jardine. In fact, I noted here before the show mm-hmm. some allegations raised by the, uh, Secretary General of the, uh, African National Congress, Fikin Mbalula, that is mm-hmm. accusing Jardine of, um, allegedly bribing some veterans of the ANC um, to form this political movement in order to destabilize and do away with the ANC, says uh, they're not going to be successful. But, uh, you know, 
let alone perhaps some of the promises because perhaps they could better articulate mm. the promises and uh, they surely probably will be on one of our programs this week uh, to give us a sense of what they're all about. Yeah. But when we look at the political landscape and when we look at the challenges of South Africa, my first question then then becomes, are we needing more or are we needing a formation that is able to adequately address our challenges because i don't know if the more is 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 pointing us towards the right direction and i say this looking at the 2021 local government elections and the hung metros mm. and how much of a challenge that's now caused mm. with these so-called coalitions mm. in these municipalities you look at Joburg as an example different mayors you know different speakers different uh, portfolios, people being moved here and this happening and all of this at the expense of people that voted but seemingly, you know, the votes were all over the place and mm-hmm. hence why there was no outright winner. So when we look at, a, a, a you know, an organization like this, uh, another organization and you can we can also reflect on the recent ones as well that are newly formed, is the more the answer? Off the cuff, no. Mm. Absolutely, positively, mm. no, and I'm 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 very passionate about that because somehow, some way, there's a perception mm. that, and God bless our constitution, mm. one of the <laughs> best written mm. documents you can find. Hey, but and I think this is one yep. of those instances whereby there hasn't been a level of regulation to allow things to work in a certain way or, you know, and that lack of regulation really just, I think, yes, this is the best way. Because of the, how we conceptualize democracy for mm. the people, by the people, and, you know, freedoms and liberties, I think we've allowed democracy to be too liberal mm. uh, and, and, and in the sense of, you know, participation, that everyone feels the need to form a political party to form a political formation and and there's always you know these words that they use these mm. different words uh you know no it's not a political party it's a formation <laughs> only and then this is this is what yeah. was actually used uh rightfully enough uh, the change starts now uh that 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 roger jardine is 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 is, is uh creating and has mm. established uh when asked there was actually a matter of saying well it's not necessarily a political party, but it's a group of us coming together to think of solutions. But they, they will contest, though. They will contest, and 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 and, and this was the basis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll contest because they may <laughs> ask us if that's what the people want yeah. from us. When you look at Build One South Africa, mm. uh, that Musi Maimane started initially, the the, the 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 fundamental plan was no, it's mm. not going to be a political party. Uh, you know, it's 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 it's, it's just a, it's a movement, it's mm. a formation. Mm. Our jiggy jiggy, we're contesting, and I think that's what irks me is the fact that people drive politics, right? Yeah. But ideology gives them the fundamental basis yeah. to be able to drive that. Now, ideally, all of these and 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 when we talk about ideology, we're mm. not talking about uh, any other thing except. What are your views and stances on these critical issues? Mm. Yes, we understand that the country things are looking a little glim at times from a political perspective. But your ideology cannot be the ANC is corrupt, so let's get the ANC out of the way. Your ideology needs to be a, what is it that you stand for from a universal healthcare perspective? What is it that you stand for when it comes to 
uh, access resource access mm-hmm. and what is it that you stand for when it comes to women's health and you mm-hmm. know reproductive rights what is it that you stand for when it comes to same-sex marriage and and and, mm-hmm. and inclusivity of the lgbtqia plus what is it that you stand for in terms of you know fiscal policy and economic policy mm-hmm. are you a more conservative e- mm-hmm. economic uh, policy maker or are you more liberal understanding you know you know and and this is why i always say to people that ideally as much as many may perceive the the, the utterances by the EFF to just be political bravado mm. the EFF is ultimately currently based on the ability to answer those questions from an ideological perspective one of the better alternatives in so far as it gives you a clear cut thing they 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 know that this is our stance on nationalization. This is our stance mm. on the economy. This is our stance on, I mean, they're as, 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 as unequivocal in their expression of, you know, wanting to change uh, or removing uh, the Afrikaans part of the national anthem, those kind mm. of things. And so more does not work in this instance because of the fact that you don't have an ideology. Your ideology is simply the existence of we have a problem. We don't want that problem. Mm. How are you bringing that? Mm. And 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 the sad reality uh, from all of this, and whilst one does become excited mm-hmm. of the fact that people are actively participating, but here's the sad reality, is that a, a, as a populace, as a people, mm. um, South Africans are not actively, are not politically active or aware. Mm. And one might say, but what do you mean? We vote and whatever. The importance of being politically active. The, the, a democracy is really functional in the time between mm, its mm, elections. Mm, we mm. can go out and vote. That's all good and yeah. well. What are we doing in that time? Are we keeping people accountable for what they have to do? Or are we keeping them accountable for mm. what they have to say? And the challenge that comes with that, uh, more especially at a national or provincial level, local at times we can, it's a little bit better. Uh, but the problem with that is the system in itself we don't vote for individuals we Mm -hmm. vote for a party and then the party decides who represents Mm -hmm. us which kind of takes away that 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 level of autonomy of being able to select who you want to represent Mm -hmm. you but we're not politically aware as a people we're not politically active as we should be Mm -hmm. and as a result thereof we then find the space where everyone just feels the need to (laughs) and here's the sad reality Everyone is starting something, mm. wanting their piece of the pie, which they don't end up realizing because there's also that sense of the desire for power. They don't realize the fact that in actuality, the very same thing that you're trying to stop, you're actually just going to keep it the same because mm. we're all double dipping and eating from the same mm. pie, singing from the same hymn sheet. So as a result thereof, if there's five of us trying to split 10 rands, mm. uh, but we're all eating from the same 10 rand, but we want different outcomes, it doesn't work. What do you make about um, names like uh, Nicole Fritz, uh, former executive director of the Helen Susman Foundation, mm-hmm. um, social uh, justice activist uh, and uh, longtime human rights uh, activist Mark Haywood also, uh, joining um, this uh, new political movement, Change South Africa. What do you make of people that come from that sort of background joining political uh, formations? I do believe it's one, excuse the pun, it's a political move, but two, uh, it does leave a certain level of credibility. And I say a certain level because mm. you then understand that based on them having come from certain aspects, you would believe and understand that they're probably going to give or bring those expertise mm. to that space. But the challenge, and this is the, the, the tricky part, is that expectation and reality often don't meet. 100%. Because once you're yeah. in that space, and remember, there's being a political movement and formation, uh, there's, there's different stages. And I think at times that's also one of the failures of the ruling party. It went from a liberation party 
to needing to be a governing party, which I mm. don't think the transition was fully there. So similarly, so with uh, you know all these people, credible people who have done some really good work in certain spaces, mm. uh, you know, in civil society and all of that, and 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 they can bring that to that space. But now when you look at the hill that you have to climb and whatnot, you bring certain mm. levels of experience, but now you need to shift yourself from being a civil uh, society, uh, you know, uh, individual, mm. uh, private individual, to now moving into the space of being a public individual. Uh, but understanding that you can bring that experience, but you now need to move from being you know, working in that space to working in this mm. space. And there's one thing to be a political party. And this is the thing that a lot of parties often don't tell mm. uh, the voting class. Everyone comes in and I guess maybe it's that notion of, well, I need to be bold and say, we're going to win. But there's a ruling party and there's opposition parties. Mm. You need to be able to say, well, when you're on the block, we're not going to win these elections, but... Just get us into parliament mm. so that we can stand for you. Mm. If I had a political party to tell me that, I'd be a little bit better. But it's also understanding that there's a difference between governance and there's a difference between being a political party that mm. criticizes. And then the difference comes again that if you then have the ability to then win power, then now you must learn governance yeah. and all of that. And the transitions for those at times are, are, are something that overwhelm people. So from a credibility perspective, really great people mm. as to whether or not they'll be able to shift because politics is a different game altogether. If they will be able to shift that space and, and transition and navigate it properly, good for them, mm. but only time will tell. Yeah. But there's too many of them. Personally, there's too many of them. It really is. And it's going to be interesting as mm. we get so close uh, to those uh 2024 elections. Yeah. Let's round things off. Um, we're told the Grand Theft Auto. You know, when I saw this, I, I yeah. was like, yo, when last? <laughs> when last? <laughs> What's the latest um, where that is concerned? It's the release, I'm guessing, or the trailer thereof. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, we do know that finally, and a lot has happened, right? Since mm -hmm. uh, Grand Theft Auto came out, uh, the, the, the fifth one. So yeah. it's probably the world's most anticipated game. And it's certainly celebrating 25 years of existence, having come out in 1997. Sure. Uh, this is a game that I think really has transcended uh, generations and times uh, for, for, for anyone, whether mm. you're a gay boy or not, I don't think there's any uh, adult, any child who does not know uh, Grand Theft Auto. So, Grand Theft Auto 6 uh, and a leak of its trailer uh, set for release in 2025 on PlayStation 5 and mm. Xbox Series X. And so, what has taken place over the years is really just uh, looking at this this phenomenon, this 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 gaming phenomenon mm. that started in 1997, um, named after the American term for motor vehicle theft, it started that as a game that could be played on the PlayStation One and the Game Boy Color consoles, as well as Microsoft mm. Windows. It was really a top-down perspective video game with an open-world environment, and it developed over the time. Then there was the introduction of, you know, San Andreas, Vice City, Liberty mm. City, three locations which would then, you know, uh, share the space. Um, ironically enough, uh, and this is the, the, the polarizing aspects thereof, Brazil actually banned selling copies of Grand Theft Auto in 1998 because mm. of its content. Uh, 1999 Grand Theft Auto 2 came out number 3 in 2001 and as time goes on this is a game that has really stood the test of time mm. um, of course it has received a lot of criticism yeah. as a result of its violence its obscene violence its obscene you know displays of you know, a, a number of things. Mm. Uh, I guess if, that's why it always usually has a rating of about 16 yes, or 18 yes. or so. But really, I think 25 years in and the fact that, you know, a lot of gamers have constantly said this is what has happened because it's releasing in 2025. Mm. Everyone's like, since the last one came out, uh, Donald Trump was president. Rihanna was, uh, you know, Rihanna had no child. Now she has two <laughs> children, all those kind yeah. of things. But it really speaks to the culture of the game and what it has meant uh, for so many people. Mm. And I think it really falls under the space of, you know, those timeless uh, aspects of society that really have defined a generation. And I think this is one 
specific thing that has defined mm. so many generations. So many wait with bated breath, but I certainly do believe that come the time, this will probably be one of the best-selling games in the history of gaming and such. So those uh, that are waiting for it have to wait until 2025. Yeah. And, and they'll wait. A, yeah, no, of course. <laughs> they probably pre-ordered it, but they'll wait. Yeah, They've been waiting, yeah. so they'll still probably wait, yeah. That's great that we ended it on a bit of a light note. Yeah. I want to thank you, um, as always. Thank you so much. Uh, for your time, for your insights, um, for your depth, um, you know, on, on some of these stores. And so much that you bring, uh, you know, to it. I mean, you know, the stories that we spoke about and the conversations that perhaps a lot of us are afraid to tap into, yeah. you know. But every now and again, it's, it's good to to poke and make people conscious about yeah. some of the aspects of, of, of these matters. Thanks so much. Really do appreciate uh, your time. Thank and you be so safe out much. there. Probably the last time I'm seeing you, because uh, Katlaho will be back uh, yeah. sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, but uh, have a fantastic festive season. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Be safe. Keep shining your light. And as we always say, our country is a little bit dim, but it's still worth fighting for. So 100%. let's keep the good fight going. Thank 100%. you so very much. And that's how we wrap up uh, the uh, news wrap with Lohi Palisna on uh, this Monday. Of course, Lohonolomusu, a social commentator, uh, helping us unpack news from the weekend and the week that was. And uh, of course, then setting the agenda for the week that is. As I said, some of these stories are likely to uh, be extended uh, during the course of this week. 28 minutes to 2 o'clock. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.